I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. At Sunday night's CNN debate between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, the former vice president said he will definitely choose a woman as his running mate. He didn't specify whom he would pick, but you better believe her hair will smell amazing. <laughs> the U.S.-Canadian border has been closed. <laughs> well, at least something good has come out of this coronavirus thing, am I right? ISIS has instructed its members not to travel to Europe for jihad due to the coronavirus. They've been told to stay home and isolate. <laughs> oh. I love that. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady uh, is leaving the New England Patriots. Great. I guess I'm going to have to figure out a new reason to hate the New England Patriots. Tom Brady is leaving the New England Patriots. He says he wants to spend more time deflating footballs with his family. Tom Brady is leaving the New England Patriots. Or you might say he's social distancing from the New England Patriots. Yes, Tom Brady has left the New England Patriots. He actually didn't want to leave, but ESPN needed something to talk about for the next few months. So he figured, why not? And finally... President Trump has recommended that public gatherings should be limited to no more than 10 people or what's otherwise known as a Tulsi Gabbard rally. The Trump report starts now. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought we were going to get the video there, and that's my mistake. It, these, are, these are crazy times, and uh, you see us. Uh, Chelsea, unable to be with us. She was uh, in court all day which, I don't know, shouldn't that be the first thing to close the courts? I don't know, but I'm Christian Black, joined, as always, by Scott Brown. Scott Brown, I just... <laughs> that's the uh, that's the senator. Scott Moore. That's right. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Tamara Brown. <laughs> I thought that was you announcing that Scott and I have gotten married. Thank yeah, you very exactly. much. <laughs> you know, I figured this was the, you know, we, we need a little joy in our lives, and Obviously, there's there's no real reason why you two kids shouldn't finally get together. <laughs> uh, it's a modern world. That's right. Uh, in any case, uh, obviously, I want all of our uh, viewers to know that you are our, our most valued guest. I want to make sure that you know we're looking out for your safety during the COVID-19 outbreak. Here at the Trump Report, we have always practiced exceptionally high standards for cleanliness and safety. We follow rigorous daily sanitation and personal hygiene procedures. We do a lot of hand washing. I wear plastic gloves except for right now. And uh, our, our staff is always told to stay at home sick. And you'll notice as you watch the show, there are hand sanitizing stations everywhere. So we just wanted you to know we're just like every corporation that has your email address. And we want to make sure you know that we're just as clean as they are. In any case, I wish I was. I wish I was eating a plate of ribs right now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I also wish I was eating a plate of ribs right now. That sounds fantastic. It does. Uh, in any case, uh, we'll we'll dive into. Look, there's some big uh, politics to talk about, but just sort of in general, I thought uh, we'd take a moment to uh, let all of us. Uh, but I'll, I'll start with you, Tamara. How how you doing? How have the last couple of days been for you? I am not of a stay-at-home kind of person. It has been very difficult to social distance and self-isolate. But uh, today, I went. Today, I took my yoga mat to the park. To to, I figured that shouldn't be too bad. Like I'm going to stay, you know, at uh, far more than ten feet away from any other human being. I'm not touching any like shared surfaces or anything like that. So I thought that that should be fine. I was still. I got to the park. And it was like Friday night at Chuck E. Cheese. Everybody is at the park. We, I guess, I mean, I, I want to say like people can't follow simple directions, but I guess I can't follow simple directions either. But then I got home and, um, and Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Gupta was on CNN saying that going out to the park, running, jogging, things like that are fine. In fact, we do need vitamin D from the sun, but uh, just make sure that you stay six to 10 feet away from other human beings, don't touch shared surfaces, all the stuff that we know that we're not supposed to do. 
Uh, and Scott, how are you doing? Uh, I, it looks like uh, you're working from home right now, which I think is uh, reassuring. Yeah, um, you know, kind of like Tamara, it's really hard for me to just stay at home for long periods of time because I'm always running around doing a bunch of different things. Um, I'm sort of trying to enjoy the break. It's just that with nothing really open, um, there's nothing else to go to. Like even my gym is closed now. So it's like having to work out at home or like Tamara was saying, making sure I'm getting outside, walking the dogs. But, you know, it's a little bit it's a little bit of a whole new world order here, you know, trying to figure out doing everything remotely um, is definitely a little bit of a learning curve because we are social beings as humans. So, you know, to completely self-isolate is definitely a challenge, I think, for everybody, even for people that do work from home. You're used to the conveniences of just being able to go out, go out somewhere for lunch, go to Starbucks or wherever for coffee, you know, little things that you can do throughout the day that you really just can't do at all right now. So it's definitely um, a steep learning curve for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, it's crazy to think about how fast this has all happened. We did our last show on Wednesday. There mm -hmm. was never even a second that we thought like, oh, well, we might not be coming back. You know, by doing shows there later in the week, it start, you started, you know, really Wednesday night was the, was the big uh, speech from President Trump. And that's when people started to think about things. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I went to a concert Wednesday night. It was a small club under 250 people doesn't matter but i mean i went to the gym on friday we didn't even know that yeah. uh, our kids school was going to be closed until we picked them up friday afternoon and they said for uh, at least the next two weeks and at that moment i'm like oh that's so inconvenient the next two weeks and now i'm like well I'll be lucky if it's not the next two months or i don't know depending on uh, what news source you believe maybe the next two years but uh you know it's uh and you know sort of my comfort level of all right, well, I'll, I'll, you know, okay, well, some of us could still do the show from After Buzz at the studios. Some of us can uh, connect in the way that we all are right now. And then they close the studios. And it's the same thing for my day job. I was going to go into that studio and then all of a sudden no one could go into that studio. So, uh, you know, and then really we're just not seeing anyone else. My, my wife and I are spending time with another family because sort of the idea is if you do that, uh, it's uh, my son and daughter. It's two kids of the same age. It's like you're with one family. It's all the same germs, but you're not seeing any other outside people. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, you want to talk about the learning curve is the idea of like, the one good thing about it, I'll say actually, is every day it gets us up and out of the house because we go to their house. So everybody's got to get dressed. Everybody's got to get ready. And, uh, you know, if this had happened before we had kids, or God, if it had happened before I got married, I, I wouldn't have shaved. I definitely wouldn't have showered in the last five days because why, you know, uh, there would be there would still there would be just as many takeout. Well, I'm glad that you have children in that case. Well, you wouldn't be able to smell me from here, Tamara, at least. I hope <laughs> not. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just not very yet. weird. And, yeah, not yet. Until they've got smell vision. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One day. Uh, Why do we not have that yet? Come on, science. Uh, do, before we move on to you know some of the actual news and everything, what is the uh, whatever? Have either of you had any notable experiences uh, shopping, just trying to get things, or have you uh, managed to be able to stay away from it so far? Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. I went out on Friday night just to do just my normal weekly shopping, right? You know, just, just to try to go out. And I thought I'll wait until about nine 30, 10 o'clock Friday night, just to see if the crowds would kind of, kind of calm down a bit. And, uh, I pulled into the parking lot to the grocery store and it was completely filled. There wasn't a single cart. I finally got a cart from someone when they were, uh, leaving and things were completely it was very odd, though I must have taste on it. I'm still there, except for bananas. Um, but it was also kind of odd, too, because this was Friday night. I'd gone to the gym. You know, everything was still somewhat normal. But thinking about the fact that it was so crazy, it took me 45 minutes to get through line uh, to pay. But I thought, you know, at the same time, there's no real, like, help. They were restocking everything, but help with keeping everyone socially distant. You know, everyone was packed in the store. There was no sanitizer, no wipes. Uh, you know, the, the poor cashiers were working like crazy. And again, they were interacting with everybody. And I thought, really not 
keeping people from spreading this illness still because everyone's so close together. It's packed. People are kind of doing all this panic buying. And so I kept thinking about the, the workers there who are working long hours, who are exhausted, um, that they may eventually get sick too from dealing with every single customer coming through the door. So it was a little bit crazy to see that on Friday night. Um, I haven't been back yet. I'll probably have to go back again at the end of the week just because I'm trying to just do normal weekly shopping and not be crazily stocking up. But it's going to be interesting to see how it is this week compared to, to last week. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Tamara. Uh, yeah, I went last week, I think it was like last Thursday. And I would say even in just a week's time, kind of what you're saying, Christian, like last week, we, we didn't know it was going to be like this. But like, I, it was Thursday at noon last week. So the craze, I, I don't think we've all, we weren't aware of what this was going to lead to. And Trader Joe's was just at, it wasn't even noon and the place was just completely packed full of people and people were pushing around these shopping carts with just this mountain of stuff. And, you know, I, I don't understand the hoarders. I don't understand that. I've kind of been just grabbing things here and there as needed. I haven't really stocked up on anything. I haven't needed toilet paper. I haven't needed hand sanitizer or anything like that. Luckily, I mean, luckily I haven't needed it. I don't know what I would do if I did. Um, I'm washing my hands. That's what it sounds like I was saying. <laughs> Very filthy. No, I just, I have a lot of it happen to, so I didn't need to buy it, but um, <clears throat> I'm going to go to the store actually when we're done here. Uh, so I'll give you an update on how things are shaping up. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because anything you can get online, uh, I do, I'll check periodically and a lot of it, you know, they're, they're just out and like, Target won't even let you reserve things to pick up. They won't ship things. But, you know, like like two weekends ago, that's when I was just like, oh, I don't know. People are starting to look around for toilet paper. And I ordered it on the Target app. It took four days. I got it. You can't do that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. But I was at a Target over the weekend and everybody was walking around holding a case of toilet paper. And then I definitely bought into it because I'm like, wait, if they have What it, do they know that I don't know? Yeah, shouldn't I get it? So I bought one. And it was like $25. And this lady was like, wasn't it $16 last week? And the, the lady who works at Target, she's like, I don't know. That's just what it is. And I, I'm start, you're starting to see sort of some yeah. subtle price gouging where anything that was ever a sale price, they've gone to like the regular price. Uh, but look, I mean, there's, a, there's the argument that if you would let stores raise the price, people wouldn't be hoarding it. But then it's like, well, then the people who need it don't get it. So I don't know the solution. Anyway, we're interested in everybody in the audience, what their experiences are. Uh, but uh, Scott, let's uh, move over to a very important conversation. I'm surprised you made it here because I'm pretty sure I saw you uh, out at spring break in Florida over the weekend. That was you were there, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Wasn't that the, isn't that the craziest thing that I that's the craziest thing I've seen on the news? Is like just how many people were still out for spring break this weekend. And that the beach wasn't closed. But then I was like, oh, but it is Florida. My sister Scott. just got back from a cruise. She was on a cruise until two days ago. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. I don't I don't know who went on a cruise like two weeks ago or whatever. But uh Scott, what did you uh what did you think of uh all the spring breakers out in Florida and the fact that the beaches weren't closed? Did it surprise you even a little? Uh, to be honest, not at all. And really, it's, I mean, when you really think about it too, you think about younger kids on spring break, you know, sort of that, you know, that you're feeling, um, you can live forever, you know, nothing's going to get you sick. And to be honest, the weather has been really unseasonably warm too. So it just feels great to get outside. And, you know, these college kids that are, not really working uh or going to school on campus anymore or probably feeling like they wanted to just have a little bit of fun so it really doesn't surprise me um and i don't really know how you could i mean you could close beaches down and everything but it i think it's a lot more difficult uh to do something like that than it is to close a bar or restaurant where you can have close proximity i mean in general at least you can spread out when you're at the beach but yeah it doesn't surprise me the weather was great um, you know, college kids feels like, feel invincible. They're going to live forever and they're not really thinking of it as a major threat. Uh, it's not going to stop them from partying, especially when the weather's nice. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. 
Yeah. And look, it's, uh, you know, even in cities where they were closing everything down, you know, look here in LA at first, it was like half occupancy at restaurants, mm -hmm. uh, movie theater, movie theaters in Burbank were open until I think yesterday or Monday. And, you know, they were just uh, kind of spaced out, you know, just out of curiosity, curiosity. I looked at the, the app for the movie theater and you saw they were like, five seats but they were all like as far apart as you could be from each other and i did too but you know i was looking it up in la just to see because why it was still open and i was surprised that at least from looking at the app for amc it looked like they were still letting people sit together so i was kind of confused by that until they closed of course um because i was yeah. looking over the weekend and i thought okay if they are they really spacing people out because i was hearing that you couldn't even sit next to your family members or friends you had to be a couple spaces every time i looked at the app it still looked like people were able to sit together. And I don't know if that was because I hadn't gone in and actually bought a ticket from, but when I looked at it, I was, I was somewhat surprised because that's what they kept saying they were going to do. But then of course they shut down and now they say six to 12 weeks, which is crazy. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, you get varying different degrees of uh, what the expectation is for when things are going to happen. You know, we, we saw movies get pushed back and, uh, you know, major uh, concert tours put on hold. And, you know, you really get the feeling that, you know, the, the NBA, the MLB, those are, those are closed until, you know, at least June, maybe July. And it's, I don't know, it's just, it, it's so hard to wrap your head around. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I'm going to speak on behalf of both of you. I, I'm sure you're comfortable feeling that the team we have in Washington, D.C., are the best people that we could have in charge of this and it'll be handled in the best way possible. Right, Tamara? I, I just took those words out of your mouth, probably. Um, I don't know whether to yes and this or just completely uh, throw up, like those words make me want to do. Um, it's, it's just so crazy how, you know, there's these clips going around of like Trump and then also separately Fox News correspondents like, early in March saying this thing's a hoax, it's being blown way out of proportion. And then two weeks later, you know, making sure that everybody's taking this very seriously, this is a pandemic and, and just completely ignoring the fact that they are immediately contradicting themselves. But who cares about that, right? I mean, that is a pretty great video that's going around where you do see, <laughs> You know, CNN was kind enough to produce this piece, by the way, showing Fox News at the beginning of the month. And yeah, look, I mean, I would say maybe not a week ago. No, probably about a week ago. because Yeah, it was last Wednesday. I was just like, I mean, it's fine. You know, of course it's bad. You just have to be careful. You have to wash your hands, you know. And then when when President Trump gets on TV and he has to admit that it's like this and the way he's been in the last week, I'm like, oh man, it's way worse than even he's telling us. But for him to say this much, that's, that's when I start to know, like, I think it's, I think things might be bad if President Trump is saying that it's not amazing. Now, Also, he you know, he, he, it, it was released as news that he does not, he tested negative for the virus. So, I mean, I think that's pretty much confirmation that he has it. Most things when they <laughs> are released, just sort of in a vacuum for no reason. It's like, well, I think we know what you're really read between the lines on that one. Yeah. I mean, I believe his, uh, his doctor said that he wasn't obese. So clearly, you know, I mean, obviously for his, uh, for his physical. So yeah, clearly he's able to get him to say anything. Uh, I think if we don't see him for like three days, that's when you know, he's got it, you know? And I don't know if he's. I would love like a... to not see him for three days. I hope that. <laughs> We don't. I mean, I'm honestly not like I'm not wishing that the man falls deathly ill. I, I don't wish that, but it would just be nice to just get the mute button for a little bit from him. Yeah. Uh, Scott, you feel like uh, uh, Vice President Pence is probably right on top of all this, right? We couldn't have anybody better in charge. Oh, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I feel so right. much better with with him in charge. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, and you know, you would think like, shouldn't there be a government agency that uh, helps prepare for pandemics and global health crises? Crises, 
And then you find out, oh, actually there was, but uh, President Trump disbanded it uh, two years ago. When asked by an interviewer, he did say that he didn't do it. But then there was a there was an op-ed that conveniently started going around from, uh, I, I believe it was from the New York Times, where it, the guy says, uh, yes, there was one and Trump closed it. I know because I ran it. So, you know, uh, there was preparedness, but I don't know. Look, we could be a week into him just being like, I don't know what everybody's talking about. We're not Italy. Go out, spend money. It's good for the economy. So I don't know. I mean, look, we're getting all the the projections for what this could be, where this could go. At some point in a couple of years, we'll see what would happen if we didn't do this. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, is it enough? Because people are still able to go out to work. Uh, you know, I mean, look, people who work in uh, people who work in the healthcare profession. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, people who work in supermarkets, somebody's got to be there. I uh, saw that um, today uh, HUD is um, making it so that you, at least for the next foreseeable future, if you can't make your mortgage payments or if you can't, um, like they're, um, what's the word? Like, you're not going to be penalized. Right. Sure. Yeah. No, look, I mean, that's the, 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 the political aspect of this, which comes in, is this idea of uh, uh, every American, uh, well, adult American is going to get $1,000, maybe $2,000 to help out. And, you know, when that first was floated, uh, funny, funny tweet from, uh, from our, our friend Yang and the Yang gang just saying like, oh, why is my phone buzzing so much? Because obviously that was his thing. He wanted to give everybody $1,000. And I was always in for that, but there's that. And then there's also this like trillion dollar, uh, you know, spending proposal, which that's the crazy thing is we have a president who wants to give everybody money, wants to have like a trillion dollar stimulus. And you're just thinking, did somebody steal Bernie Sanders playbook? Because this seems like exactly what he was talking about. And you, you have Donald Trump doing it. Now, you'll, of course, have the... <laughs> The uh, the negative Nellies out there, uh, you, you know, you you have people saying Nelly, why you yeah. gotta be so negative? Yeah, exactly. You'll have, you know, you you have people that are saying things like, no, no, it should come from the employers, but the employers don't don't have any money, and there's this idea that we should bail out the airline industry, but we bailed out the airline industry, and then they use that money to buy back their own stock, and put in more seats and start charging for all these extra things. So I don't know. I don't, I feel bad for people who work for the airlines, but it's like, does, does the airline industry need more money, Scott? Or uh, I, I, no, don't know. I, I mean, is it essential that we help them? I agree with you. And you know, this hits close to home because my dad is still a pilot and he's hoping to retire next year after over 40 years as a pilot. And um I even think that, you know, the airlines have mismanaged. They have been riding on record profits for years and years, and they charge for every little thing here and there. And um, using their the, the tax cuts from 2017 for stock buybacks to give to their, you know, richest executives and to their uh, stock, um, to their directors of the board and the stockholders. Um, so I don't really think at this point they deserve um, to be, bailed out. I think more importantly, like people have been saying, you need to bail out the workers and the people that are really going to be hurt um, by missing a few paychecks and not just be giving um, money to these huge corporations that basically have paid zero in taxes all these years and been riding on these record profits and um, have been passing down all these nickel and dime charges to people. So as much as it's going to hurt these airlines, um, I think at some point you have to kind of let them sort things out. And I've heard rumors from lots of places now like that for instance united is basically be cut in half by the end of april and i've heard crazy rumors that american will declare bankruptcy by may if they don't get help and that theoretically companies like uber could come in and, and buy them out i mean you start hearing all these crazy things now and even with disney like you've heard rumors now that apple will come in and try to buy them i mean there's a lot of craziness going out there right now but I think at the end of the day, the money needs to be sent to the consumer, the people that are really going to be hurting, because as we know, this economy has been riding on 
consumers. 70% of the economy is essentially with people that are going out and feeling confident buying things. And if people aren't buying things, um, that's where you're going to see a deeper and deeper hole. So the immediate money needs to go to everyday Americans before it goes to the big corporations to bail them out. Yeah. Uh, Tamara, do you feel like some of these uh, gigantic multinational uh, corporations who uh, deserve billions of dollars, or uh, do you think that uh, the three of us should get all of the trillion dollars split three ways? Sorry, Chelsea, you're not here today. You don't get any of the trillion dollars. Why are you lobbying these lofty? <laughs> <laughs> I just want it. Look, um, at a, me. a third of a trillion you know, dollars, whatever that is, uh, you know what, $333 billion, I, I'll, I'll figure out how to spend it. These, these, um, so I'm reading, um, Elizabeth Warren's book from 2017, this fight is our fight. Uh, and it talks, I'm, I'm right now with the part of, uh, you know, when in the 1970s, when Lewis Powell, uh, the corporate lawyer went on to be Supreme court justice, he's the one, uh, a lot of people credit with turning things around to put power back into the corporation's hands that FDR had, you know, taken taking the power away from the corporations and, and he's the one in 1971 that brought it back. Uh, so I'm thinking about him a lot lately and shaking my fist at Lewis Powell for the state of the way that we are right now. But I think that what we were kind of, what you were kind of saying about Trump sounding like Bernie Sanders suddenly with, you know, saying we're going to do the stimulus package. It's sort of forcing the government's hand to consider all of the policies that progressives have been saying for a long time. I mean, 60 seconds ago, one of us just said, I think Scott just said, just said that the, the working class, it needs, it is the one that the stimulant, you like, without the, a strong working class, then that's, that's not, this country doesn't function well. So I think it's going to, a lot of, a lot of good can come out of this if um, if certain certain things that will help uh, the middle class actually comes out of this because they're forced to. So things like a stimulus, things like if it's possible to bail out the workers but not the uh, board of trustees and above of any corporation, I that I don't know if that's likely to actually happen, but, um, you know, I, I'm just saying that, um, a lot of uh, Republicans are suddenly forced to start considering, uh, what they were previously calling socialism, um, in order to not completely tank the economy and also not allow, you know, Trump, the only way that he can keep his head above water right now is to do everything that he can to keep Americans afloat. Uh, as um, a friend of mine <laughs> calls this epidemic boomer remover, um, it's <laughs> taking out his support, <laughs> um, a whole generation of his supporters. So um, the least he can do is give us a stimulus package. Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems to, uh, unfortunately, the most effective seem to be the elderly. And that seems like Joe Biden's core demographic. But I, I do see. Do you the think point. so? More so than Trump? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I think that you're right that they're they're You know, that's both of their uh, sweet spots. But uh, I do think that uh, that that's certainly is helping Joe. And let's let's talk about. About Joe and the the continued Joe momentum, Ohio uh, decided, hey, we're not going to vote. Uh, we're not going to vote in our primary. We're going to put it on hold. Uh, which uh, you know there was some concern about that. A Republican governor stepping in and saying, hey, let's not have the Democratic primary. Uh, but at the same time, it's not that they canceled. They're just like, yeah, let's just not do it right now. And you saw some of the voting lines in the states that that did vote. And you saw how far apart everybody was. Look, if if it had been our turn to vote yesterday, I would I would have mailed it in. I was like, I don't I don't need to go into a room like that. I don't need to wait. I don't need to be around that many people. But the states that did vote uh, did not go Bernie's way uh, at all. 
uh, Florida, Illinois, Arizona, all all Biden country. Uh, so, you know, and, and I mean, it wasn't close in any of them. And the trend that we were talking about last week, where Bernie is so far off from where he was four years ago, which I think a lot of people are still thinking of that as being the Hillary Clinton factor, which there are those who hope that that translates to November. But, you know, look, Bernie, uh, he won, he's won, Scott, he's, is he won, what states has he won of these three super duper Tuesdays that we've had? He, I, we thought he was going to win Washington, but he didn't. Um, no. Do you even remember the last one that he won? He won, he won North Dakota. That was the only one he won last week. Right. And, it, and it's just gotten worse and worse for him because this week, I, I, I haven't looked at the Arizona numbers yet, uh, countywide, but um, he had only won or was leading in only one county in Illinois, which was a huge difference from four years ago. And he didn't win a single county in Florida. Um, so it's just like every week, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse for um, for Bernie. And I think the biggest one, and I said this last night to someone, I'm like, if Arizona goes to Biden, then really Bernie needs to just pack it up because Arizona was his next, uh, for Bernie Sanders, his next best chance to win just demographically. And you could see that with some of the numbers. You saw that, you know, he still has a really good support among uh, Latino voters. But even then, Biden still eked out a win. I think it was like 45-44 for Biden. Um, and then you just saw the numbers like everywhere else. You know, it's just the African-American vote was a huge blowout for Biden, even in Arizona. The Like we talked about, the 65 and over vote, uh, really 45 and over vote is really huge for yeah. Biden. And then the younger voters are still going out in huge numbers for Bernie Sanders. But it's just seeing these huge lopsided wins for Joe Biden just at this point, there is really no way that... Uh, Bernie Sanders can catch up. So for, he really should be thinking about, you know, suspending his campaign after especially Arizona. But yeah, he, it's like every week it's gotten worse and worse for Bernie. Last week he was able to eke out a win in, in North Dakota. And, you know, the week before he had a few states, you know, Super Tuesday was able to pick up California by quite a big number. And, you know, Colorado, it, it's just every week it's gotten worse for him. But I would say just real quick about the Ohio vote. I think the unfair thing about the Ohio vote is now those voters are going to be deprived of being able to have their say um, because now it's something like June 2nd. And at that point it's done, especially if, if Bernie packs it up before then. So it's just a shame that those voters were not able to have their say in such a large bellwether state, not saying it's any different than any other state having their say, but you know, that's a large state that now has been deprived really of being able to have a say at the last minute. And I think it added to the confusion and I've been rather impressed by uh, Governor Mike DeWine, who's a Republican, I've been impressed by his um, leadership and dealing with this crisis up until that point. And then I thought, oh, there he goes again, being a Republican. It's just making it more difficult for people to vote. And I understand that numbers went way down. We saw in Illinois, it's down like 20 something percent um, because they're not really a, a mail-in state. You saw the Florida numbers basically break even from 2016 because people were not showing up. Um, Arizona was a slight increase, but there's a lot of people that mail in as well there, but you did see the day of votes definitely drop precipitously, but I still think it was unfair to deprive uh, a state as big as Ohio, that opportunity to vote. So that was uh, kind of a shame for them since at this point, the race is pretty much done. And your, uh, your gut feeling about Ohio, it, it, it would not have gone to Bernie hypothetically, as far as you could tell heading into that. So, no. uh, yeah, but if, if like let's just say it did go to Bernie, then all that would do is draw out the inevitable. I mean, Bernie's still drawing out the inevitable from a lot of people's standpoint. But Tamara, do you feel like this is the point where it's like, why would Bernie stay in any longer? Or do you think he, you know, he's he's not so far off that uh, I mean, the math is not in his favor again, as uh, Andrew Yang would say, but. Uh, do you do you feel like this would be the time for Bernie to get out or does it make sense for him to stick around a little longer? Oh, no, it's definitely, I mean, he's, as much as I hate to say it, he, it's time for him to get out. And I'm sure that will happen, I, I think, pretty sooner rather than later, um, probably within the next seven days. Um, and because he's got no reason, you know, like I, I, I thought, you know, the reason that people like um, 
Buttigieg stayed in the race as long as he did because I thought he was angling for like a VP nomination or or something. But there's no other angle for Bernie to go for. Like there's no benefit. There would be no side benefit. Uh, Biden ain't choosing him for his running mate. So I mean, why? What could he gain by staying in the in in the race? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's, look, the trend before last week was that, you know, Biden was really, I, I just like to use it because it's a bad term, uh, was really gaining the momentum. And look, if, if we can't have words like momentum to laugh at, what do we have left at this point? But, you know, look, the trend was already heading that way. This does throw off everything. And, I guess the bigger question becomes, how long does this continue? Does this go on through the summer? Do we, do we blow out the conventions? And if you don't have the conventions, what do you think it would take, Scott, for us to not have our election on the, I think, is it November 3rd, whatever the mm-hmm. predetermined day was? Uh, what, what, what do you think would have to happen? For, for that to be the case. I mean, we do have a self-proclaimed wartime president now who says he has wartime powers against the virus. Right. So could he suspend the election? Uh, no, he can't unilaterally suspend the election. Um, that has to come from Congress. And that's the thing, you know, like Governor Mike DeWine, even though he avoided going with the court order, which essentially said he needed to go ahead with the election. And then he did a runaround and said, oh, it's a health issue and had his health director issue this of no voting. Um, the thing is, governors at this point cannot do those type of things when it comes to the actual general election day. That is inscribed in the Constitution. That is the first Tuesday in November. That is not something that the president can unilaterally change. It would have to come from Congress. Um, you know, you are starting to hear a lot of rumors. Are they going to, is he going to try to declare martial law? Is he going to say, you know, CDC is not advising people to, to go out and vote. Um, there are things they can do to really try to mess it up and make it more difficult for people to go out and vote. And that would be my concern more than anything is that that's what they would try to do is, is limit voting or governors would still have um, places open, but they'd be very limited um, or they'd be closed uh, in a lot of places and in certain parts of uh, the state to limit certain voters from being able to get out there and exercise their right. That's more of my concern. Um, and they could, you know, put it under the guise of health issues. But as far as a- actually postponing the election or anything, that is not something a president or even a state can do um, when it comes to the general. The primary is different. And that's why you can see some of these states saying we're going to push it back. Um, but a general election is inscribed in the Constitution, so it's not something a state can just decide to avoid doing. Oh, well, I was just thinking back to a simpler time when uh, what we were uh, complaining about was uh, that they couldn't figure out voting in Iowa. Remember that? <laughs> that wasn't. Yeah, that we were long. so you innocent then. A month ago? <laughs> we were so innocent and naive then, <laughs> for I know. sure. Uh, before we uh, run out of time, I do want to talk about how, look, there was a debate on Sunday. And in all honesty, I think there should never be an audience for a debate ever again. Uh, I, look, it wasn't the most interesting. I did zone out a little bit, but you got to issues. You got to, you know, they made points. I thought, I don't know, the questions seemed better. Tamara, did you take any of your quarantine time to watch the debate on Sunday night? I, I actually didn't. It was it was it was strange because so much focus at that point Sunday night sort of I because like we've we've mentioned a couple times even just last week it, it's it's was sort of over the weekend where the gravity of the situation sort of came to the forefront. So I think the debate sort of slid into the background. So I didn't even I didn't watch it. No, um, the highlights were it seemed to me like to read up on it afterwards it wasn't quite as much um as previous debates it's just just a lot less focus in general but did bernie finally explain how to pay for medicare for all i mean my point is i don't think the debate as the last five of them it just did not move the needle at all 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That, see, I say things like I don't think Bernie ever explained how to play for pay for Medicare for all. But then the Bernie bros and gals, you're out there. The Bernie, team Bernie will say, no, he absolutely said how he did. I was like, well, I still don't understand it. Maybe I'm not smart enough. He Scott, always refers you, you to the, his website, which I looked I looked on his website and he does he does have a plan on the website for we're going to put this much taxation on this class of people. You know, it makes sense in my bird brain, but I just don't understand how come whenever he was asked that question, he just referred people to the website rather than answered the question. But I guess uh, at this point, it's neither here nor there. Right. No, no, exactly. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, I think it's largely, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it kind of doesn't matter at this point, you know? Uh, so I, I don't know exactly where to go. Scott, uh, did you check out the debate or just watch clips after? What did you see? No, I, I watched the full debate on Sunday and uh, I do agree with you. I think it was great not having the audience. Um, and it was pretty much what I expected. It was, um, you know, not too much fireworks like a couple weeks ago. Really didn't get any clear answers. I agree with Tamara. It's not going to really move the needle, which we saw on Tuesday. I mean, these blowout wins by Joe Biden. Um, I, I guess it, it, it was good to have that moment, though, I think, for people just to see the two of them, because we have not gotten to that point of just one-on-one -on -one debate um, to yeah. really kind of see where, where they would stand. They did pretty good. There was some sniping a little back and forth there, uh, which was kind of expected. But compared to four years ago, I really think there is a really there is still camaraderie, believe it or not, between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, because they spent many years together in the Senate. And um, there is still a little bit of, more of a cordial relationship than there was between uh, Bernie and, and Hillary four years ago. So. I still saw that. I saw some times where they were a little bit, a little bit of sniping, which was a little much. Um, but overall, I thought it was exactly what we were going to expect to see. And at this point, I believe there's only one more debate until the general, if Bernie stays in it. So after all these months of debate after debate, some coming, you know, five days apart, as we saw last month, it's kind of crazy to think that we're basically done now. Um, so even if Bernie stays in it, there's only one more scheduled until the general. And uh, look, as we talk about the the planned stimulus, the $2,000 for all Americans, do you think on some level we should blame Mike Bloomberg and Tom Steyer for all the money that they spent? Just like, well, you should have kicked that out into the economy in some way. Why don't they bail out the airline industry? I, I don't know. I just think it's fair for all the uh, money that they're, they're, they're wasting. Now, we do only have a few minutes. Uh, and obviously there, there are a lot of things to talk about and I don't know, just for me, I think that the biggest problem is that there isn't a uniform approach on what to do to this. There are, I, as far as I can tell, there are states that still have restaurants open. And I think it's, you know, it's states like Montana, uh, West Virginia, I think just got its first case like yesterday. Uh, so, uh, you know, and. But when you look at the fact that there's 200,000 cases worldwide and last week there were 100,000, clearly it spreads really fast. I, I don't know what the right solution is. And if we need to take Trump out of it and just pretend we had a different president for a moment, I'm just kind of wondering what do each of you think this is what could really help the president should do this? Should it be like we can't we can't even really like go out, outside? Nobody should go to work. I don't know what it is. Is there one thing that you can think of, Tamara, that like, well, this is what would really help and everybody should have to do this? No, I can't think of what that one thing is. I think we're all just playing it by ear as we go along. Yeah. I do. I do think, you know, obviously Trump should have started taking action a lot sooner um, that he was he probably had informed information on the, the how serious it was a lot sooner. But other than that, I don't know what what would have been the difference if Obama was president, if, if anybody else was president, what would have been done differently? Well, that's the Monday morning quarterbacking of if somebody else was president, that office still would have existed. And I guess when it first started to spread in China, that there could have been, I don't know, we could have started developing tests, but it's very easy to say now. Look, 
there, the, well, let me let me ask you the same question, Scott, and then I'll make one final point after that. Is there something that you think we should urge all Americans to do something? I mean, yes, be clean, be safe, but uh, is there? Then you saw the video from spring break, so clearly people aren't even listening to that. What is there something that you think, like, oh, you know, a president should be able to say this is what we need to do? Well, I think it goes beyond what uh, a president would say. I think it really comes down to the preparedness. And I think the biggest issue is the fact that, like Tamara was saying, he didn't take it seriously early enough. And the lack of testing, to me, is the biggest issue right now. Because I think if you had easy access to testing, you could easily be able to figure out who might be sick or not without having to do and do more pinpointed um quarantines and self-isolation than having to do these blanket ones right now, which is what we have to do because there's just not enough testing. And as I was saying to my mom yesterday, who actually lives in Arizona, and she said everything's still basically open in their small town for now, I said, you know, when you're in a big city like Los Angeles or New York or Seattle, even uh, San Francisco, that you have to take uh, harder, tougher measures because of just the amount of people living in such a small space. And because this uh, virus is so easy to be transmitted, that in small confined space is a lot easier for it to overwhelm the system. Whereas you might have some least less populated states like Idaho that just got their first case the other day in West Virginia, that you might be able to still keep some things open and keep the economy going because there's not as many people literally in those areas um, and still take those precautions. And I think that's the biggest challenge is that you have 50 different states with different responses as opposed to the federal government. And then not to mention, you have all these other countries throughout the world that have to take their own measures as well, which are going to be different. So it's a, it's a huge challenge, regardless of who who is the president or not. My issue was the fact he didn't take it seriously, calling it a hoax and spent many weeks wasting valuable, precious time, which could have been used towards helping to pinpoint this. But the biggest issue is the lack of tests. And that would help us to be able to pinpoint where some of these outbreaks are and be able to pinpoint where we're having isolation at instead of having to do these blanket things, which we're going to have to do for the foreseeable future in large cities, especially to be able to make sure that we don't do it too early to release, you know, these, these hard, tough restrictions and then have these cases escalate again because we too soon to let people back out. So it's a big challenge right now. And, you know, it'd be a big challenge regardless of who was in the white house but he exacerbated it. And that's the big issue I have with it. And more yeah, tests I mean, look, would be, um, more tests would just, you know, hold him accountable for how, for how much further it spread than we realize and how many more deaths are due to this than we realize. And those numbers will be under his watch. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, there are still people who believe that it, it, it is, it, it is to some degree a hoax that it is a, a weapon of, the, the, of Democrats, of the of the fake news media, trying to undermine Trump, and I, I obviously I don't believe those things, but I do think it is undermining Trump because of the way he handled it. And you guys know how I have talked about 2020 for most of the time we've been doing this show. And uh, look, a, a lot can happen uh, over the wow. I guess it really is. It's eight months. A lot can happen, but I I don't see how you come back from this. You know, there, you know, and honestly, I don't think he wants to be president anymore. There's an argument as to whether or not he ever wanted to be president. Right. He liked it for a while. And I think he's like, uh, no, no, no. Pence, you can you can handle this. Right. And he's like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Mother mother says I can't be alone with a virus. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's so insignificant compared to the fact that, you know, the people are dying and just the way it's spreading and even people who pull through just the ordeal they have. But ultimately, that's going to be the big picture and the impact it has on this election. And if you felt like there had been people who were responsible and approaching it in charge, attempts were made. It's a different story. But this is just like, all you need to do is an ad where he's like, yeah, this coronavirus is a hoax. And the date on that is like March 9th. You're like, okay. And how many people were dead at that point? So I don't know. Look, we'll, we'll have a lot of time to talk about all these things and more in the weeks ahead. Uh, I hope that people have enjoyed watching the show like this. 
because this is what the show is going to be for a while. Uh, I I would love for it to be just this week and next week, but I I don't uh, I I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be a while. I think a uh, an upbeat uh, uh, you know a, uh, an optimistic estimate would be the end of April, but I, even that sounds crazy to me. But uh, I look I I'm I'm home all day with two kids, and as I said, it, we're with two other kids all day too. I have to tell myself the end of April right now. When we get to later in April, maybe I'll, I'll change my estimate. I can't think beyond that at that point. But uh, I do appreciate both of you and everybody who was in the chat. And if you're watching the archive version, please leave comments. We welcome all, you know. And look, if you feel like we're being hard on President Trump, tell us what you think. We're, we always welcome that feedback, whereas some shows maybe don't. Tell us why we're wrong. Don't just, you can tell me that I'm an idiot, but you have to tell me why I'm an idiot. Just give me the why. That's fine. We all know I'm an idiot. Like anyway, we do. Tell him you know, why. You guys know, but you guys always tell me why. So it's fine. Uh, so we are out of time. And I think people should want to keep in touch with us. So Tamara, how do people keep in touch with you? Uh, find me on Instagram at Hey Tamara. I think I'm going to be posting some Instagram lives in quarantine. Uh, and uh, Scott Moore, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter calling out uh, Moscow Mitch and Donald Trump at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And, look, AfterBuzz is uh, doing a great job in still producing so many of these shows. Uh, you can find me tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. We'll be doing all over on Popcorn Talk. We'll be doing Marvel movie news. Big news there because they've had to push back movies and TV production. So we'll see where all that goes. And then if for just some lighthearted fun to think about the future, tomorrow night at 9, 9 p.m. Pacific, the Star Trek Picard After Show. That is all the time we have for this week. Oh, and you can follow the show at Trump Report ABTV. So uh, we will see you next Wednesday at this same time. Until then, as the great Jerry Springer would say, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.